Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast about upcycling. It's Reclaimed Audio with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 63, which is a big number for some reason, uh, for January 18th, 2017. This week's top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Nicely done. <laughs> Trustin Timber, Sean Petty, Scott Turner, Andrew Reed, Randall Denver, and Greg Mead. Gentlemen, good to have you back. Bill, happy belated birthday. What are we working on? Bill, you go first. Well, I have a question to start with first, if you don't mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, why is 63 a big number? Good question. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I like saying stuff sometimes. I, so you're not poking fun at me because I just turned 50. So now, because I, I don't think 63 is all that old. I hear 50 is the new 63. That is true. That <laughs> that's make, right. That is the opposite of what we're oh, saying. Oh, wait. No, that's not right. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wait a minute. So do you even care what I'm working on or should I mean? No, very much so. Do go on. Okay. No, very much so. All right. So I am um, in light of the um, um, lathe action that we have going down here at my hometown. I, uh, I did a, a video uh, about a modification that I made to the lathe. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I'll have to take a look at that. Is it doing videos? Is it- I did. I, didn't, I, really I did. didn't see it come up yet. Is it posted yeah. yet? No, no, I haven't posted it yet. Oh, it's oh, all ready okay. to That's go. an important distinction. Okay. So I, uh, you yeah. haven't actually made the video yet. You just recorded the. No, I actually made the video. <laughs> I recorded the video. I edited the video. It's sitting in the can, kind of like. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Continue. No, but, I mean, no. don't you say oh, like that- you've got. That's Two or three videos is. like ready to go. I have a video ready to go. I'm yeah. announcing it now. Uh, this video <laughs> I will post tomorrow. Ish. Because today was a holiday. So right. no. I'll, I'll, so that'll be. So yesterday, when you're listening to this, yesterday I will post my video. Cool. Tremendous. Tim, what are you working on? I, I'm just thinking it'd be really funny if he was like, well, I, I got this late, but it just won't stop spinning. So I figured out a way to make it not spin. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like, the modification. Like, what could be the most ridiculous lathe modification? It's like a lever make? that pulls out the plug. Yeah. So now, now it's it's still so I can continue to work on it without it moving on me all the time. <laughs> so, so Tim, I mean, when you're done making fun of me, you don't know what that modification would be since I'm, you're the one that yelled at me about it? Oh, is that what? Okay. Okay. No, that's good. That's good. Um, I didn't yell at you about it. I you just, had a yell tone. No, I, I voiced my concern for your health and safety. Emphatically. Well, I no, yeah. he's skinny. Um, <laughs> we need to come know, up funny. with a sound that I can make when I'm rolling my eyes. Yeah, like a like, like a, a uga yeah. horn. An yeah, uga yeah, horn. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, but okay, better than better than that. Okay, what am I working on? Um, yes. I, uh, I'm working on a, a dining table made out of reclaimed wood and steel. Go figure. <laughs> and, uh, and with a matching bench this time. Uh, but no, um, oh. it's, it's cool. It's cool. You know, I mean, it's, it's good work. I enjoy doing it. It's going to be some, uh, a really nice piece. Uh, what's interesting about this one is that I'm shipping it to Ohio. So I'm designing it to, uh, be, you know, flat packs. Modular. Yep. Yeah, I'm not making a video or anything, but, uh, but so it's, it's a flat pack thing. So instead of welding the cross supports on, I'm, you know, tapping the the steel and uh, you know, sort of be a bolt together type thing, cool. bolt a, a bolt action hey, dining table. Now, so Tim, <laughs> cool when you mm-hmm. ship things like that, do you, you package it yourself, right? You actually do that whole process, and then it, somebody comes and picks it up. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of, and I, I might have said this before, but I'm not a fan of shipping things the way I, I live in a small state, but there's about three million people in it, and if I had one percent of those people, I'd be busy forever. So that's all I really look for. But every once in a while, I have this particular customer contact me because they saw a video of mine, 
and they're, they're not a maker and they saw a video of mine, which is always super exciting. Wow, that's cool. Um, yeah, you know, and that was why I started making videos in the first place was to attract customers. And they, they were in Ohio and they wanted me to make them a table. And so um, I was able to, when, you know. When you're, when you're done, I actually asked you a question for a reason. But go, keep going. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for not well, interrupting. <laughs> no, um, we just happened to recently get um, yeah. uh, a question to us directed about shipping, and I thought maybe instead of making the video about the table, maybe would it be worth making a small video of how you go about making packaging that for shipping? You know what? That's a really a really good suggestion, and I'm not video recording the, the making of the table because of the fact that it's not really anything new. And I was just at the woodworking show in Springfield, Mass. this weekend, and I, I and I and I told you there that I I would forget your name, <laughs> but I met the gentleman Keith. I think it was. Is that right? I don't know. I wasn't who? Ah, oh, well, no. <laughs> uh, who Sorry wrote about the, that, Tim. No, I know. I, I'm 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 just terrible with names. I told everybody there, like, yeah, I'm gonna forget this in ten minutes. But uh, but the the gentleman that wrote that question to us was there with his wife and I met them. Very nice people. Um, oh, uh, I believe it is Keith. Hold on, I'm looking. Good. Right I think now. so. I think so. Um. Because I met so many people there too, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Keith and I were talking about that a little bit uh, in person. What's his as name well. is Steve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's like, it was like Bryce. It's like something not even close to Keith, right. you know. So we were we were talking about that. How, let's see how fast Bill can be on his phone. No, it's not going very fast. I have to look into trash and then go through all the emails. I don't know a faster way to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have the computer in front of me. So, but anyway, so yes, one of our listeners asked us that specific question about shipping, and and you two were, well, Phil actually, I pass it off on Phil. I think he passed it off on you because neither one of us knew about it, and you answered him very well. But to see you actually take a larger item like that, how you prep it and get it ready to go, might be a cool, quick video. Yeah, and this one, I'm not sure how I'm going to ship. Generally speaking, with with freight shipping, uh, I try to obviously keep the cost down as much as possible. And uh, sometimes I'll use uh, FreightCenter.com, which is a site where you can go and you can kind of figure out what's going to work best for you in your price range. Freight is weird. There's all these numbers and these calculations and classes and and stuff. But then there's the other thing is there's um, UShip.com, which is there's if you've ever seen the reality TV show of like Shipping Wars. That's what that is. It's where there's these independent guys, basically dudes with pickup trucks and trailers that are are driving all over the country, picking stuff up and dropping stuff off. And sometimes you can get a really good deal if it just happens to be someone's driving through your area and heading that direction. Hmm. You can get a really good deal that way. So I always cost it at what freight shipping would be for me to take it to a freight shipper or have them pick it up if I had to. And, and you know, door side services, like, you know, they pay extra for a lift gate and all this stuff to get it into their home. Um, that's what I always cost that, but if sometimes I get lucky and I can actually get it out for less, uh, you know, in some other way, like I met a, I met a ship guy. I'm sorry. Yes, Phil. I was just going to say the gentleman's name is Keith Johnson. Yeah. Keith. Good. Ah, that's, Keith. that's what I thought. So, so, uh, Hey Keith, nice to meet you and your wife. Uh, I don't suppose you have his wife's name in that email. No, that would be super creepy if I did. <laughs> <laughs> the address. And yeah. Social security <laughs> number. Yeah, he lives in Connecticut, so he's at the show, and, and uh, yeah, we talked about it a little more there. It is it is a big thing. It, it could be maybe we already have a topic for this week, but that could be a topic for other weeks. Is like how you get your stuff to out there, you know? I mean, physically, or not Physi- yeah, physically, physically, because dining tables are big, right? Yeah, yeah we definitely so, could do that. That's for yeah. sure, or not? Yeah, a whole ten ten minutes at least. <laughs> I think we just covered it actually now. <laughs> so yeah, Phil, uh, so. <laughs> What are you working on, Phil? So um, I did some work. Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know what you're working on. All right, why don't you go ahead and answer for me? Uh, well, I know you're working on your washing machine. <laughs> I certainly was about an hour ago. Uh, yeah, the motor blew up. Um, it was it was okay up until yesterday, and then it started like smelling bad, and it worked okay. It was able anyway, but today it gave up the ghost and. The thing's toast, so I um, I have this small that's, little... That's basically what happened to my kidney. They just gave up the ghost. <laughs> it started no, it smelling, smelling bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Smelling bad. Yeah. So, uh, no, but I have this tiny little drill-powered uh, pump, so I was able to pump out the water that was in the, uh, I guess, in the wash basin, and uh, and then we're going to, I guess, get another machine. But uh, that's not what's particularly interesting. What are you going to do with the old machine? 
I'm going to let the man who drops off the new one take it. You're not going to upcycle it? Legitimately, no. I don't I don't really have any stuff that could do stuff with it, necessarily. Yeah. I've never wanted I, to I, either, but I know guys make fire pits out of the... Yeah. Well, know, they the take t- them... The, they take them and they refurb them. So he'll put another motor into it and he'll sell it off to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is probably the best thing. That is actually because it's always better to continue using something than to repurpose it. Yeah. yeah that, well, definitely. you know, honestly, if everybody did that, there would only be like forty-two washing machines in the United States. <laughs> That's right, and yeah. six in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that you think that um, many? <laughs> <laughs> we just rub our stuff against snow. It's bang it on rocks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Freeze it, bang it on rocks, dry it in the spring. Yeah. Time, springtime, not on a spring or in the natural source of water. Phil, what are you working talking on? now, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I've actually been doing some work at work, like making work at work. So I built a miter station because we're, we are uh, bringing back some local manufacturing to my company. We're going to be we're going to be stretching and making um, like frames for canvas and we're going to be stretching canvas and basically building pieces of art and stuff. Well, how'd, but, the, how'd that miter station go? You mentioned that last week. Yeah, it's done. It's good to go. Um, and they're using it now. And the only thing I have to put on there is the fence with the stop block and the, the measuring tape thing there. So nice. Uh, that, yeah, it came out really, really well. I'm very happy with that. I built out a couple of other uh, work tables that have these jigs that sort of just perfectly align the cross members of the of the frames, and then you just put a couple, you know, uh, pneumatic staples into it, and then and then it's good to go. Uh, what else did I do there? Uh, yeah. So so I built out a bunch of stuff at work and uh, a couple of whiskey boxes, yada yada. Um, at home, I'm finishing up uh, just just the reorg. Not even finishing up. I'm just doing more reorg. Um, I, I was finally able to bolt on my stationary sander and my planer to the flip top cart. So that's really, really cool. And I'll tell you what, working job, this is totally aside, but I was working job site tools, obviously the circular saw and, and, uh, and everything that I was just working there, um, like on site on the floor with a straight edge clamp to the, to the plywood sheets that I was working on has made me appreciate my shop so much. Like it's basically a hybrid cabinet saw that I have at home versus like this, job site rigid whatever mm. table saw that I had at work and like the thing was like fighting and the fence wasn't aligned and it just felt unsafe the whole time and just using the circular saw was just a pain in the butt just really made me appreciate my shop at home so appreciate well you know uh, to give some appreciation to Christiana uh, get hands dirty she has also been organizing and she's done a couple videos yeah, on I doing that. that and I was thinking between you and her in fact I think I left a comment to her you guys are so inspiring, and I told her, you're so inspiring for me to get out and clean my shop. I'm really not going to do that, but I'm inspired to. <laughs> well, but I think about the, it. The impetus yeah. for a change. Yeah, because I, I really need to. I, I have to do something different. It's just too crowded, and maybe that yeah. can be an episode. Organizational skills. Mm. It, it's, you know, it's a thing, and there's no, there's no one answer. Um, it's, everybody's got a different workflow. Everybody has a, you know, favorite, there's, there's a hundred ways to do everything, which actually yeah. go into our, our topic, you know? Yeah. But I, I bet you that, that, you know what there is, I bet you there's some commonalities to or, organization, even though people do them differently, they have a different workflow. Um, and th- that would be interesting to figure out, especially for reclaimers. Cause basically we collect junk and then we try and make stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. How, you know, listen, there are, there are people whose profession it is to design workflows for factories. Like if they, if you know what it is that you make, there technically is a right way to do it as far absolutely. as oh, yeah. machines and, you know, and this goes here, then here's the next step. And here's the most efficient way to take the piece from this station to that station. But I, I bet we three could talk about it for free. <laughs> but this, this but guys topic, guys like us don't know necessarily what we're going to make. I mean, Phil, maybe you do a little more because you mm-hmm. have a you have a product line, but I am making, you know, I'll go from, you know, making a pair of slippers into a dining room table in the same workspace. So it's like a flex space. That, that's you know? true, but for the most part, I mean, if you had to look at what the biggest percentage of your product is, it probably dining is going to be coffee tables table. and dining room tables. Yes. And so I'm definitely I'm definitely set up that way. I mean, right. you know. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have my sewing machine's not on the workbench, but the table saw is right, you know, against it. So, right. Yeah. 
So, but See, that's commonality. Topic. We should look into that, by the way. Yeah, so let's, I'll, I'll yeah. write that down. Please I'll write do. That down. I'm going to pretend I'm writing it down. I lost a piece of paper already. Organization. I got to get more it's here somewhere. No, organizational. <laughs> With my other pretend papers. Ideas. Okay. Wait, here we go. All right. It's here somewhere. Okay, there you go. All right. Okay, so what is our topic this week? I will tell you. Thank you for asking. Wait, before you do the topic, we had one other thing to mention. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yes. yeah, we did. Right. So we did our priority box challenge, and we all put out our videos. And um, who won, I think, is maybe a matter of debate. But... Um, Either way, Phil we... won. No, I didn't win. Stop. It was Phil. Okay, all right. So, um, some some we are going to be giving away. Each one of us is gonna is gonna give away one of those items, and sort of the the recipients will be getting them sort of secretly, unless we don't have your address, in which case we are going to uh, to you and get them. But then we we don't want to say anything on air about who got them. We would just very much like for whoever gets them to just like you know sort if of you put feel it like there. it. Yeah. yeah, if you, you feel like it, to. put it out yeah. there. Let's see, you know, put it on your Instagram or whatever, and uh, and that'd be just really cool, sort of to to get surprised like that. Can we have five minutes? It's, I mean, everybody knows now; we, they've seen our videos. Can we just take a few minutes and talk about the build and how you came up with that process and the idea sure. and everything? Or yeah, yeah, definitely. Why don't you go first? How'd you come up with a, a pen from a hockey puck, some some slats, and all the other stuff I gave you? Well, the other stuff that you gave me, I am I haven't used, but I will in other projects. I'm gonna make that a priority, box. like priority box. <laughs> no, but I, I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use the the other items. But the main reason why I came up with that idea because there's only two things I've ever seen made out of a hockey puck out of all the searching online to get inspiration. Yeah, and and I wasn't gonna make one of those two things. It was a clock or what was the other one? Uh, a bottle, t- uh, beer bottle opener. Yep. It's the two oh, yeah. things I saw. Seriously, I couldn't find anything out of it. So my first thought was I was going to try and cut a very slim, thin slice off the top and then try and hollow it out and make a box out of it. Yeah. Make some kind of it with the magnets from the name badges to make it. And I'm just like, man, I don't know how that rubber is going to react to try and cut. You know what I mean? I just. It, so I you thought. You know it's an easy hey. one that I've seen before actually is a business card holder. Oh, just yeah. Cut a, a slit in it. Cut a slit in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, see, I d- I didn't think of that. But the but the object of the game is to think of something new, which is what Bill was trying to do, which is great. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I was trying to come up with something, but then the idea of if if it, I want my the reason why I did a pen mostly is because when I thought of it, I'm like, I wonder if this rubber is hard enough to turn. Right. And which it ended up turned out it was. It's still a little bit funky, but I mean, it's like I said, it, it didn't come out pretty, but it's cool. <laughs> In the fact that I made a pen out of a hockey puck. So. And, yeah, it's very know, cool. And it, there's a very strong potential that that could be the only pen ever made out of a hockey puck. I, I mean, it might not be. On might record. Been, on record. Well, on record. No or, one else you know, would admit to maybe it. Maybe even off record. But who knows? Maybe you never know, really. Record. Because that's that's what's so fun about that, about really exploring the things. It's like, you know what? This might be the first, you know, and the last. Well, <laughs> well I, you know, Tim, we got to give you props because you actually used... Something of everything I sent you in that one project. And I, I didn't expect that. I thought, you know, we send each other stuff and try and figure out something out of some of the items or, but you used everything. I'm wow. Almost. My goal was to have zero leftover material, including the box that it came in was my goal because that's, you know, I just thought that would be like a really fun statement. And so I think I could have made a better looking piece if I would used less material and just made something smaller. Um, but I, you know, and I didn't use everything. There's still a couple pieces of fabric and a couple pieces of cardboard and I, and not all the glass fit in the little box that I made. But so basically for people who haven't seen it yet, I made a, a little keepsake box out of, um, some little thin pieces of wood that came out of a desk, a piece of copper for the lid, a piece of, what is that glass from that blue glass that you gave me? Is that from an airplane? No, that is from, um, uh, air, uh, runway lighting. Run runway lighting. I knew it was going to be sa- aircraft. It's the same. It's the same type as it's on your on air signs yeah. that I make you. Yeah. It's just a different colored lens. So cool. it's called a flush mount, and it's at uh, it's blue, so it signifies like taxi lanes or the you know not the runway itself off to the side taxi lanes. Right. That's yeah. why it's blue. It's just it's super cool. It's just a very thin piece of glass and a little aluminum frame, and um and then some sea glass that you had given me. Uh, yeah. So there were like all these things that are very random and unrelated. You know, and the fabric samples, you know, which are cool, but it's just like, oh, what do you do with fabric samples? They they weren't leather. 
I they knew. were not. They were mellow hide. <laughs> yes. What does that even mean? Yeah, it's like Naga Hide. They're but... not leather. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like Naga Hide is actually was invented in Naugatuck, Connecticut, which is about a half hour from where I am right now. Oh. Um, and so wow. that's a that's a kind of like Kleenex. That's like a proprietary thing. And so all these other synthetic leathers, they can't use that unless they're they're licensed out to. Right. Uh, I might be making all of that up. That could be because I've heard that, but it might be complete bunk. It's, it sounds. But I've heard it compelling. enough times. I've heard it enough times to believe it. And I know Nagatuck is like looks like the kind of town where fake leather would be made. <laughs> Great! Now you've now you've alienated, alienated all the that. listeners. No, they're Come all gonna on, be like Tim. They're all gonna be like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." <laughs> this is podcast one hundred and one. Don't insult the listeners. Right. I know so you went from being educational to insulterating. <laughs> uh, it's just. But but so, but so that's what I made. I made this box, which was you know okay, kind of like you know like your pen was cool. My box is okay. It's got some highs and lows. I put some lights in it. But now the the Bill and I both agree that our favorite project was made by Senior Pinsky, our fearless leader, who really <laughs> the Pinskinator. I think he just stepped outside of his own box and any any box that we ever put him in with his project. So please tell us about yours. Well, I I opened it up on camera and those reactions were were legit. I. Uh... I thought it was cool, but the I play with blocks that look very similar to the shapes that you had given me with my kids, and I'm a fan of Transformers from when I was a child, and I always try to build little robots out of the blocks, and obviously they collapse because there's nothing holding them together. But when I saw, I saw what you gave me, which was like a series of, I don't know, cutoffs from Walnut, and I thought it was Chestnut, but anyways, and then the chain links, I knew right away that I could just open up those chain links because I know they're softer metal. They're, they're like brass or something. Yeah. And I could turn them into just uh, pins and stuff. And the floppies that you sa- that you gave me, which you gave me a lot of them for some reason, um, I thought I could use some of the metal, some of the plastic to make the weapons. But then I didn't really want to make weapons because I don't – Yeah. I'm not really into making weapons. Yeah. Uh, certainly not. Tim doesn't want you to make weapons anyway. No. So – and then I also How about a robot holding flowers? <laughs> <laughs> An Autobot holding a bouquet. That's right. Autobots are very peace loving. They only fight yeah. because they have to, Tim. You should know that. A flower bot. <laughs> They're warriors out of necessity. Oh yes. Yes. The Cybertronians they are. But I, uh, I yeah, missed I that made, like, day in history class, sorry. <laughs> well, I've studied it quite extensively but uh, i guess i could have made like the ark like the ship or whatever out of the plastic so that would have been cool but i i honestly ran out of time so yeah. it was awesome dude yeah, yeah no, it was just it was awesome it was fun yeah, it, was, I, it was a really cool one and it, it got i got to use like my bandsaw which i've finally tuned up for the first time so now it runs properly good uh that blade really helps i fixed the the lower um lower guide hmm. thing contraption underneath there and uh, and the the upper the upper guide as well, and so it's just working properly now. I, and I I, on your a, bandsaw, real quick, Phil. Yeah. Um, normally that would be cool blocks. Is that wood that you have in there? Yeah, I used oak. Nice, that's yeah. ingenious. I bet it works pretty well too. It works great. Like, and if it wears out, big deal. I'll cut up some more scraps. But the thing is, like, yeah. a, it it only came with the upper blocks, and that's what I noticed was my biggest problem: is the blade was deflecting so much, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I took a little peek inside. I'm like, oh. There's the no screws and no guide mm-hmm. blocks. So I had to go and find the exact uh, thread count s- bolts to use because they're like uh, thumb screws or whatever. I didn't have them, so I just used the thumb screws down and the ones that I bought up top, and I just made some oak ones, and they work great. Yeah, nice. that's way to go. I, I had bought some graphite ones a while back, which, you know, because it's cool supposedly. Blocks. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't see any reason why I can't use wood. That's what the bandsaw's cutting is wood, right? So if it hits it yeah. and cuts it, who cares? It's well, it doesn't, of... right? Because you have it behind the teeth. So it's yeah. really just sort of like a friction. Yeah, I mean, it's still, if you're changing blades out, though, sometimes your blade, because I don't adjust all that when I oh, change I blades out, so sometimes I don't. Yeah. But now, you can, take, you can take some old brake pads and cut them up with your angle grinder without wearing eye protection or a mask, if you like. <laughs> More asbestos. More asbestos. Close or, the windows. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I got, actually got inspired to do it by Matthias because he used uh, Lignus Vitae, which is very, 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 very hard wood. And I was like, hmm, you know what? I'll just try it with oak and see what's what. I mean, it's been fun so far. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Or oak. Yeah. Which is, which is the hardest wood that was available at the time. Yeah. <laughs> at the Simpsons. Yeah. Sort of but that, doesn't it make you wonder that if it may not be a better idea to have softer wood? 
because it's not doing anything but just you know it's just I feel like it would wear I mean it's 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 the metal's going very very fast against it no Ah uh, yeah I guess you're right I'm that's why Yeah the, I mean that's why they use hard materials for the block I guess but like yeah. like graphite for instance is a material that's hard enough to hold it still but if the blade goes into it, it's not going to instantly dull the blade no cuz it's like slick. steel would you know yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's that's what I did there, and I got to use the stationary sander, which I just picked up off Craigslist for like I love fifty those. bucks. Oh my god, it's a game changer! Yeah, you know what? You you were gonna get comfortable with it, and you're gonna lose a little skin every once in a while. But yeah, it's that's still the worth first it. thing that happened was I tore off like a good, I don't know, I want to say like a sixteenth of my nail. Oh, oh, yeah. okay, that's no joke. Yeah, yeah, it happens fast, and uh, like Vance was using a little one. I have the little one inch, um, and I had him oh, saying yeah. something on it. And I'm, you know, I'm helping him and being careful with it because it doesn't hurt when you do it. And yeah. then, and I saw it happen. He just like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh crap. And I pull his hand away. I'm like, dude, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm okay, dad. It's okay. And it's not red yet because it takes about 30 seconds for it to get red. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm, he's like, I'm okay. And he goes to start working again. I'm like, no, I'm like, come on. Turn, I turn it off. I'm like, let's go rinse it. We're going to put a band aid. He's like, I don't need a band aid. It's fine, dad. I'm like, mm, trust me. You know? <laughs> so sure enough, a few minutes later, he's like, holy cow. <laughs> Where'd my it's finger like go? It's like freaking out. You know, I'm like, oh, I felt so bad. <laughs> Kids get hurt. It happens. One yeah. time, I, I, you know, the when they're really, really young, you have to cut their their nails and like oh, yeah. their hands all. So yeah. I, I cut a little too much one time, and my son started crying, and I felt like the worst dad in the world. Yeah. But you know, it happens. No, you are. That's, that's never why, happened. That's to me. why I take. That's why I take Danny to the groomers. <laughs> I can, I can't do it. There's no children's groomers. I don't there think there should be. There must be. I'm not taking my kid to get a mani pedi. Okay, I'll <laughs> cut the nails more carefully next time. <laughs> What kind of kid do you think I'm raising over here? All right. I think we're out of time now, so it's been a great podcast. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Okay. So our topic yeah. our topic is, it's called New School versus Old School. But you were explaining, Phil, the, the topic, Old School versus New School. Yeah. What I was saying was that, uh, you know, whether or not it's, you know, making or woodworking, if you're using robotic tools or computer numerically controlled tools, like, you know, like the CNC router or a mill or a lathe or whatever it is versus you know, having to do it by hand, you know? So, and I, I said that I would, I would take the part of, uh, no, it's not. And you guys would probably take the part of, yes, it is because one of you has a CNC and the other one is currently building one. Uh, I'm not building one, but I would love to be. I thought you were getting those parts and stuff. No, I'm waiting on, uh, Mr. Morrison to, uh, get back with me about that. But I, I'm pretty sure it's just going to happen. It's just the holidays, man. Just right. Back okay. off. Back off. Uh, just back oh, off. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So either way, uh, I think I think the line has been drawn, and uh, yeah. So I mean, I'll kick it off and just be devil's advocate here and say that I think that I think the whole point of making, and it is for me, so I'll speak for myself, is that using my hands and skills and motor skills that I've achieved over let's say years and months and whatever it is of making is what makes me feel like I'm crafting something. And I guess maybe that's the correct word is the craft. Um, and just, it gives me that, that high, that feeling of just being different than a lot of people, you know, like I sit on my butt at a computer screen all day long and then having worked actually on my hands and knees, you know, I work uh, last week and, and building all of those stations that I built gave me an amount of satisfaction I can't even describe to you simply because I knew that what I made was strictly from these these two hands that are, you know, that attached to me. Whereas a CNC, yes, there is a skill involved in figuring out the cut paths and the tools and all the stuff that needs to be done to make it come apart, but it's you it's not your hands. You know what I mean? It's not that same visceral experience. Mhm. Is what I'm saying. That was beautiful, man. I understand Wrong. that completely. <laughs> I'll never get old either. <laughs> um, I, I understand that completely, and I agree with you uh, in a lot of ways. And that that was exactly what I was saying two years ago, and that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, but then there's the part of me that realizes that if you get stuck in a point in time, you become old, <laughs> and you're no longer current <laughs> and relevant. You know. So now, now personally. If I had a choice between using a computer or using hand planes, I'm going to choose the hand planes. I enjoy that more, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
if I had the choice between using a table saw and a handsaw to rip a board, I'm going to choose a table saw. Yes. Right? <laughs> so with you. Yeah. now um, a bigot. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're going to talk about like the roots of working with your hands, right? So there's – and that that was what kind of made me realize that maybe I should embrace this. And then there's this customer expectations of what handmade is and, and machine made. There's all those other things. Mm-hmm. And then there's the stuff that like some of the work you do is menial. And if you're doing menial work that you can have robots do, then you can move on to do the things that are more pleasing. So now what I'm finding in my explorations with the CNC machine is – in order to get the material into the machine, because I'm a reclaimer, so I'm not just dropping three quarter inch plywood in the thing and hitting print. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there's a, there's work that goes into putting the material into the machine, and I have some some stuff I'm working on now. Two of them exploring this. Uh, that's woodworking, and then after it comes out of the machine, there's woodworking to finish the piece. So it's just a step in the process. Mm-hmm now for me which again and i have the video still on my channel like where uh, two years ago i gave a shop tour and i point to my 110 volt like outlet you know and i say in my shop in order things to be handmade nothing requires more than a regular household outlet and there's no computers i just said that two years ago now i have a 220 line and 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 cnc's in my shop and i bring a laptop to work every day Hmm. change is good you know i mean it's like if i get stuck at a certain point in time i'm not continuing to grow and so I'm just trying to add that as another tool to my arsenal. Now, one of the things I've discovered with CNC machines is that now that I'm starting to really understand it, and uh, I'm sorry, Bill, <laughs> I know you're about to say something, is um, that it is a tool like any other tool. Like, you know how you, you know, you have your table saw and there's a fence and that's about it. And then you start making sleds and you start building jigs and you start doing these other things with it. Uh, now I'm getting to the point with the CNC machine where I'm drawing the picture on the computer that I'm going to print, but then I'm manipulating the way the wood goes into it. So it's not just like lining it up, hitting zero, and, and start. Like I'm actually playing games with it, m- moving things around inside the machine, just like any other tool, like setting it up how I want it. Um, now that I'm getting more comfortable with that language, it's like I don't have to create a file that's exactly the same size as the piece of wood I'm going to put in. I just need to know where to make sure the drill bit's going to go or the router bit's going to go, rather. You know, mm-hmm. so then it becomes now I'm finding so now that I've gotten over that initial hump of like, oh, it's a computer and I'm sitting and, and I'm frustrated by the software and I'm getting into using it like another tool in my shop, like my table saw instead of my hand saw. I am like totally digging it. What do you think, Bill? Well, I think that I mean, it's perspective. If, if you're talking about a fully automated, um, you know, manufacturing facility where you have people the only thing they're doing is setting material on a machine and then taking it out at the end and putting it in the next process that wouldn't be handmade but if you're using a cnc as part of your project uh mr j Duresta is a good example he makes signs a lot of times where he might do the letters on the cnc or he cuts them out by hand but he might do the letters on the cnc but he's built the box he's done the lighting he's done all the hand work to the 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 case of the sign itself or lighted sign, let's say. And then, so it's just another tool. And, and my argument has always been with people that are trying to say that it says, well, if it's, if it's automated, it's not handmade. Yeah, it is. It's part of, it takes your mind. It takes your muscles. It takes your, you know, creativity to, to utilize that tool as part of the process. That's like telling somebody who sews for a living. Well, you know, before there were sewing machines, that's who was a real person. That's a sewer. But now you got a sewing machine. You're not a real sewer. I mean, come yeah, on. Right. Yeah, you have a motor on your lathe. You're not pedaling it. I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, hand drills used to, that, yeah. that was pretty ingenious when they first came out. How to, you can now bore. In fact, I don't even think they were called drills. They were called uh, a boring device. You know, you mm. can crank that spade bit down to make a hole. That was amazing technology back then. So this is all just new school and old school is all the same school. It really is. Hmm. It's just perspective. It's just school. Well, it's the <laughs> yeah. hand that const- that's controlling the machine is what's different at this point, right? Because it's not a gantry controlled by servos. It's your own hands. And the, the craftsmanship, the skill, the labor that's, that's hitting that piece of wood or that piece of steel is something that you control with muscle and tendon instead of servo and acme thread. Well, yeah, but your brain is the biggest muscle that you have, and um, that's where that. <laughs> I, don't that <laughs> I don't know about that, Bill. I don't know. I said you, not me. <laughs> okay, okay, but uh, then let me ask you this, Phil, because I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I really I have had over the years this argument, not argument, but this debate, this uh, point of view talk with people. Um, in the case of Jimmy Duresta's making a sign, he's used the CNC to cut out the letters for the sign, but everything else he's made by hand, he's reclaimed it. He's 
You know, I mean, scratch. He makes his own hinges. I mean, the guy is just amazing, right? So, what would you call that? He used a CNC. Does that take away the craftsmanship from his sign? No, because it's Jimmy, and who's going to say anything about Jimmy? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, no, who, not but, twice anyway, right? Yeah. About 4,000 trolls a day, but... <laughs> Here we go, Bill. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, he obviously has the skills. I'm really, when I speak this language, I'm really talking about, like, it's an either or. He could do it with a spoon. So, I mean, like, it doesn't, you can't say anything about Jimmy. But I am talking about the person who, let's say, doesn't have the hand skills to do it and instead relies entirely on the CNC, you know what I mean? So is an excellent, let's say, programmer, but... I know somebody, I know somebody who is young that has a CNC um, that makes signs just on, I mean, basically a slab of walnut, and he puts it in there and he makes a sign, he stains over it, sands off the top, The uh, kind of like, I think I've seen Paul Jackman do this, our mm-hmm. buddy Frank Schneider does this, where you carve it out. The CNC carves it out, other than staining it and sanding it afterwards, it's all done on the CNC and he sells them. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as I'm concerned, he's made those by hand. He's not a manufacturing facility. He had to. He has to program the CNC to do the work. So he's using his fingers, his brain to do that. He does a little bit of sanding afterwards. He you puts a shine coat that of. I don't know, man. That's a different one. First of all, that's a great product that sells very well on Etsy. But right, if you had to do those letters with like you know with uh, with carving tools and and those carving chisels, I don't think you'd be able to get the same level of you know uh, accuracy. Absolutely yet. not. Yeah, well, no. I mean, so accuracy. that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the, and I don't want to speak specifically about these two guys. I'm going to say in general, you're never going to get the same results. And if you do, you are a master craftsman. So one sort of feels like it's worth a lot more because it's this guy's time and effort and sweat and experience that brought him to a point where he's a master craftsman, where he can craft with his hands versus the other person picked a great font, you know, in Illustrator and pressed print. The, well, I think the mas- Tim might be able to say there's a little more to it than that. But Well, the Master Craftsman is going to continue to be a Master Craftsman. And if the technology catches up to them, the Master Craftsman is going to be the one that's going to say, let me see the computer do this. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be, because the kid that's making signs, he is making those signs. And no, he's not a Master Craftsman. But, you know, now what I, what this is all reminding me of is, you know, I'm a, I was a, a musician. And there was this this period in time where, the uh, electronic instruments started becoming more and more prevalent in in our lifetimes in music, uh, specifically in rap music with the drum beats and samples and sampling old music and stuff. As mm-hmm. uh, we got into this digital recording age and guys like me that spent a lot of time getting blisters started getting this kind of feeling like, oh, well, what? they're not playing instruments. And you still hear a lot of people say that about a lot of this electronic music. They're not playing instruments. They're not making music. We're making music, and they're doing computer play. It's the same exact conversation we're having now in the making world. And I that, say... That conversation, by the way, Tim, started with Bob Dylan. I mean... Well, uh, yeah. I mean, pro- my guess would be that, like, the, the first... And before came him, in, I'm sure, yeah. No, wait. First I'm sure it started in, with player pianos. Yeah, or, well, yeah, or even just the, the first caveman that didn't that didn't clap his hands but hit a stick against a rock. Like, oh, what, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you know? <laughs> but um, you know, or the wheel. You know, like you're not gonna walk. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, it's that same conversation all the time. And you know, and and, and what I, I would would say to people that would you know speak to me as this you know guy playing a double bass, a very antique type instrument. So like, oh yeah, there's kids there with electronic music. I'm like, you know. You go make a song as good as that rap song, and then I'll believe you. If you go right now, do that. There's a lot of skill. Those guys are, are geniuses, man. The, the, mm-hmm. the amount of attention to detail and time and effort they put into every single beat that they manipulate, and those, that is freaking hard. And it upped the game, and it raised the bar for what listeners expected from guys like me playing these old instruments, because now, just like the chisel with the piece of wood if you get a sign that's made on a cnc now the the and the craftsman has to work a lot harder it ups our game it sharpens our craft and it makes us have to compete harder with the machines and get better and really think about well okay what can i do and what can't i do now with this instrument now you know now that we have this competition in this world Hmm. our technology is what makes us awesome i'd like to point out too that let's take the cnc out of it and you have uh, and I'll use us compared to Jimmy. So here's the master craftsman and <laughs> us who are making stuff by hand. You know, we could all three make the same thing and we three can make it really good and it would look cool. But Jimmy's still going to have that title of master craftsman, whether we use a CNC or not. 
I, I don't see how that comes into play. Um, it's, it's made by hand. There's a difference between, like I to me, it's manufactured or it's not. If it's made by you in your garage on a little X carve, you know, and part-time after school, helping you pay your bills to get through college, that's handmade. You know, it was you, you're putting the time and effort and the work into getting it done as opposed to a factory where things are being pushed through a bunch of machines and it's just, you know, there's people getting a paycheck for the labor that they do, but that's not handmade. So I guess the difference for me is not necessarily that it's handmade or not, but that there's no craft in it necessarily. Like if I had to sit there and actually carve out, you know, whatever people put on those signs, like it's wine o'clock for mommy or whatever, you know, that people put on the signs. <laughs> That's you know? exactly what they say. Yeah. You know, right? So mm-hmm. if I had to sit there and do that, it would take me years to develop the skill that you can now press print and get in 10 minutes. But so yeah, what see, skill I, are you going to... Right. I feel the same way, though, about using a CNC. I think if you put a couple of chisels in my hand, I could pick up carving really, really quick. Give me but two months of just doing level. that. No, I mean, seriously, because in my my experience, I have been around tools my entire life. So it would yeah. not take me that long to pick up a technique if I focused on it. Let's just say wood carving. Give me give me a few months and I can start banging them out amazingly. I know I could. I'm, I'm very, you know, strongly... Okay opinionated about myself i guess but it's going to take me a lot of effort and strength and willpower to try and learn how to use technology to incorporate that into making so if as far as effort goes it's not like i said it's not just pushing print there's a whole bunch that's got to go into that comprehension understanding language i mean it's it's to me it's unbelievable the amount of things that i'm going to have to learn Mm-hmm. Just to make a sign that says it's wine o'clock for mommy. <laughs> I guess I was really thinking more from my own perspective, but I guess that's the whole point of a de- of a debate. I believe it? I started out saying this whole thing was perspectives. Yeah, no, it's a very va- very valid point. Oh, sure. Well, that's why I, st- I I that was my sales pitch to Rockler to get that CNC machine and and that I got from them. You know, the Piranha. It was that I figured there's a lot of guys like Bill and like myself that. You know, like, ah, I'll just do it myself. It's like, you know, you're just like, I'll just just cut on the bandsaw instead of learning this. We have that that attitude. and and, uh, But I don't want to get – I've still got a few years of me. I don't want to get, like, become antiquated, you know. And so I I was, like, seeing very quickly that if I continue to just make things by hand, the the, I don't think I could ever achieve that quality that the machines can make. And I'm just going to get left behind. Like, I'm not going to – What do you think of the argument that says that, like – if we all sort of get used to this machine-controlled craft, one day the lights go out and no one can do anything for themselves anymore. I say uh, quit watching The Terminator because this is real life. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about that. I, 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 I mean, but uh, think what that means, though, like metaphorically. You know what I mean? Like we're basically well, losing I, I, the ability to craft because we've handed over that skill to an automaton. Uh, but but that's been said. That was said a long time ago. I well, mean, that, Henry, that was Ford, said Henry Ford invented the assembly line, and people were like, "Well, how can you how can you create anything? You, you know, know the, by the prince- assembling it? I mean, it's just that that argument's been around forever. It's it's you know, it's like bell bottoms. It comes back the, all the time. When the printing valid, when the printing press was invented in the 1400s, there were people bemoaning that the oral speech was going to disappear, and that the spoken word and the sto- oral traditions of telling stories. Oh, would the, the telegraph was going to eliminate it, it the true. need for that, writing that letters. That did happen. It did not happen. Do you think that? Do you think that the the invention of the printing press benefited humanity? Well, of course it did. So but it's true. So that a, it's true that oral history did die out anywhere where there was, you know, the written word. Uh, it didn't die out completely, but it did. No, it, but it yeah, wasn't relied upon. It suffered, as it, as, but but what filled the it void wasn't was something upon. bigger and better, right? Because because written history, written history had been around long before the printing press. That I mean, the the, the Catholic Church no, used to have monks. That's all they did was write, make copies. Hey, you want a copy of a book? It was handwritten. Hundreds yeah. and hundreds and thousands and thousands of books that were handwritten copies. Yes. And, now, how many books are in your house today, Phil, and how many would there be if they were only handwritten? 
So there's well, a, obviously, yeah, of course. You know, I'm, not, I'm not saying the the printing press was a bad thing. I'm saying that the new technology <laughs> did do away with. I'm not saying the the printing press is a bad thing, but I don't think yeah, it. I, I, I think that. I think the point is it's not that it does away with. Now it may it may it become changes. more prevalent. It change it comes be, it becomes you know more prevalent, right? No, obviously, I'm saying it it but, did fundamentally alter human behavior. And whether we decide as a society that's for the good or or not so much is something that we that is a real issue. It did do away with the oral, oral history. We did do away with horses as transportation. Yeah, we did, it's it's we it's did perspective. Move away from a whole, it's perspective again because we still have people. No, those, well, yes and no. There's still equestrians the out there that I mean, there's still communities in the United States where they ride buggies. Count. We okay, still well, now you're just being contrarian. I mean, no, no, no. these I, things I, are facts. We did do no, it with oral history because of books, and we did stop riding horses. But as we mass haven't, we haven't done completely away with oral history. Do you still tell? Do you tell stories to your friends or your family about your grandpa? Yeah, that's not what oral history is. It's not like my my people's history. That's is where it down. started. That's where it started, dude. Tim, please, this is not. Oral. Oral history, Oral history is a, started in the family, right? It was just a small group of people that told their children about what their fathers did. Oh, and then it became about their then it became about their tribe, yeah, and then it became yeah. about a nation, and then it became about. I mean, it's yeah. It's, no, we've it was, been here. It was, Casey, little, please hit him twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little. My my wife actually. That's becoming an oral history. A, my it wife was, actually has a like a, a her master's degree in oral traditions or something like that. It was. Really? Uh, right. Yeah, it was like a library science thing because she's a she's a school teacher and and yeah. so we she she took all these classes and I was fascinated by it and uh, you know reading these books and stuff and we went to this like storytelling convention it was awesome and and um it, it was uh you know just about like these people because there are obviously like there are people that still ride horses <laughs> you know there there are people that still tell stories but no it was like a it was a bigger part of it was like yeah there was like the guy that that was his job to like remember stuff. Right. And tell, and you know, obviously, it's like the most unreliable form of recording history, you know. And so, the book, of course, made things better. But yes, some traditions died. But it's all in the continued. Which the, my point of bringing that up is this in the in the concept of progress and growth. And yes, sometimes some of our steps towards progress might not have been the best things that have happened. But I think if we all just told each other how stuff used to go down today, it wouldn't be as good as having a book or a computer. To, you know, I mean, people say that about the computers and the Kindle is going to kill books. It's like, you know what? That's okay. It's That's okay. <laughs> you you want to hear something interesting, actually, that is a reversal of that? In What's 2017, that? vinyl will be a billion-dollar industry. I know. Isn't that weird? Right? Yeah. yeah. Hipsters. Thank you, Paul Jackman. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool, I was, though. I was See, you know what? Speaking up... of Paul Jackman and, and talking about – oh, go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. I was just I was just cutting up records the other day on my CNC. Are you crazy? It's a billion dollars. Yeah. And people were yeah, like, but oh, he's, I, I've been doing that for years. New. And people that were like so saying, like, oh, I hope that wasn't good. I'm like, what? <laughs> you care again? All of a sudden, you guys care. I've been melting and cutting up records for like a decade. You guys care now? Well, now the other. That's old meets new right there. But here, here's something. How about just perspective-wise, old school versus new school? I was taught. And I'm sure you guys probably heard this too. It is very cliche, and I don't care. I turned 50. I get the right now. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. And mm-hmm. somebody, Paul Jackman posted, um, somebody had left a, a criticism, a critique. And it was basically, and the guy was absolutely nice about it. But he says, I don't really care for your music. It seems like your videos are getting to the point where it's more about the music. It's a well done video about the music as opposed to the, the projects that you do. I think you're an awesome maker. You make great projects. And obviously with the, the rate at which your channel is growing, you, you know, a lot of people don't think that. So the guy wasn't being a jerk at all, mm-hmm. but, and people were saying, well, there's nothing wrong with uh, constructive criticism. And I say, yeah, there is, there was no purpose to that other than this guy just wanting to tell somebody that he didn't like Paul Jackman's music. It's like, why did, what, what entitled him to think that he could just say that for what, purpose and then somebody wrote back to me because i commented on that i still don't get if you don't have if i don't like a video if i don't like i i don't like it i don't i'll scroll past it and if they keep making stuff i don't like i don't subscribe to them i mean it's that simple you don't have to say negative things and the person said well maybe that constructive criticism helps a maker make better videos Mm -hmm. okay and if paul jackman had 32 subscribers i would say 
yeah, maybe if he reached out to you and asked him, hey, what'd you think of my video? And you can give him that criticism if he asked for it. But Paul Jackman has 38,000 subscribers, so he's doing something right. So I don't think that that just doesn't fly. But that's a that's is that an old school perspective about the whole criticism thing where I think, hey, just keep your mouth shut. You got nothing nice to say. Don't say it. That's trolling. I don't care what anybody says, how polite the guy was about it. The guy admitted that he must be wrong because Paul's channel's growing. Still, he, he wanted to be heard and just say, I don't like your music. That's how I felt. Maybe. But yeah. I think if we only give each other these pats on the back and tell us tell ourselves only good things, then there won't be very much if, progress. If I'm ever that was only, one of If I'm ever only relying on the internet to let me know how well I'm doing I'm in trouble. But the, I but mean, this I, is I the expect, internet. no, but I expect my family, I expect my wife, my friends, the, the actual human beings that I'm in contact with on a daily basis to let me know things that I'm doing good or not. But I don't the, need, I don't life, need, where this is direct feedback of a product uh, that is content. And, and, and the product generated. that he's selling. I'm not is saying an that you don't have products. the right to do yeah. it. If you want to yeah. be a troll, I say you have that right. Go ahead. But you are a troll. Nothing. All you are doing is making your noise because you don't like something, something that you probably couldn't do. I would so much rather have someone comment on my video negatively than not comment at all for many reasons. One is, is that it still counts as interaction, which helps grow my channel. And the other is, is that I know why they didn't like it instead of them just being silent with it. It doesn't mean I have to listen to them or agree with them, mm -hmm. but now I know why that person no longer watches my videos. I don't care and, why you don't like my videos. I really appreciate when you do. I, I really I don't, don't care. Yeah, I don't, I've been I around. Don't, I've been around enough negative things in my life. Honestly, I don't need to hear but, that negative stuff. I see it and live it and smell it every day. No, I hear you, and I and I and I agree with you. And, and I don't necessarily care what their opinion is. But there have been times that people have said stuff to me that I was just totally shocked to hear that. Like, wow, you interpreted it that way because you know what? We're all communicating, right? And sometimes we're communicating more effectively than other times. And so if I'm trying to communicate someone and someone watches my video and they got something completely different out of it than what I'm trying to communicate, I want to know that because that means I am not being an effective communicator. Well, I, I don't agree with that because you have X amount of people that are watching your videos. Your channel is growing. You are doing something right. There is not going to be everybody oh, who's going to like Tim Sway videos anyway. I, I just There's literally no... wrote those exact same words to someone that was negative, you know, negatively speaking with me t today. And I, that's okay. okay. You don't have to like me. But I don't mind if you tell me why you don't like me. It doesn't I, – I have a thick enough skin or I just don't give a crap and enough. And this wasn't a question of like whether or not they liked Paul or not. They gave legit feedback. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a very, about... in a very saying, polite Saying way. that you don't like the music on this free content that you're not paying for, that no, you that's... don't have the ability to do yourself because you if you were that. a YouTube – yeah, you do because you just click on their little thing and they have no videos, no, no that... nothing. Doesn't mean that they don't have the ability. Just because they're not a content creator doesn't mean he can't do it. But all he said that was me, that you turn your an ability. It, it takes an ability to be able to get online and put yourself out there. And for somebody to just, if you don't like it, don't say nothing. Don't watch my, my stuff. I don't need your interaction. I am not going to learn from you telling me I suck. I don't think he said he sucked. He just no, he didn't. He was yeah. very polite. But again, yeah. what? Okay, so let me ask you this. Oh, someone what writing was you the, suck. What was the that purpose? Means nothing. Sure, I agree. But what was the purpose this of this guy telling Paul that? What What was the purpose in his mind just to write that? Feedback. Just letting him know. Yeah. I really, I love what you do. I really wish you focused more on how to and less on stylistic music videos. Yeah, that was he was just one of the many consumers of this product sharing why he likes other people's product more than he likes the product that This, this is the same problem. Them. This is the same problem I have with Yelp. I think Yelp is the biggest joke on the planet. You can go and you can crush somebody's business without even actually going in there. You know, how well, do we know I, that this know guy How do I know this guy's been following Paul's videos since Paul started and he's saying this is this change that's been going on? I mean, again, what gives somebody the right to do that? If you know, or, I think, or if I think you it's feel the Constitution so strongly, that does that. Well, I know. I'm talking about the moral right, not legally. I'm talking about morally. Why do you think you you have the right to to just put somebody down in public? PM me. Send me a private message. Hey, you know, I've noticed that the music you're doing on your videos is changing, and I, me personally, I don't really care for it. I just thought I'd let you know my perspective to you. Why me put it out in public? Because you you want to be seen and heard. Maybe this want, guy want, does, isn't tech-savvy enough to understand that there is a difference or that he even can send a private message. No, I Maybe don't Maybe he sees that. a bunch of people writing a whole bunch of stuff and he's like, you know what, this is my opinion. I feel like sharing it. 
Had he well, said, think, you know what, Paul, you are a jerk and your stuff sucks and, you know, your mom's huge, you know, fine, maybe I agree, not fine, maybe, absolutely, I agree the guy's being a troll and a jerk and whatever, but if he well, says, maybe. in a really nice way, <laughs> I love what you do, I really wish that, you know, you'd show more of what you're making and less about the stylized no, he way you're doing it. he said, I don't like the music that you choose to put in your video. And to me, that was just... I just I, I read that I, comment. I, I don't remember it being that in that way, but I could be wrong. Well, I again perspective. Not, I, I I took offense to it, and not in a way that bothers me, but in a general way of like I said, I, if you've gotten something nice to say, don't say anything. That shows it. Just like at a restaurant, if you hated the service so much, people leave like a fifty cent tip. That's terrible. That's mm-hmm. terrible to do that. Leave a tip to talk sh- to the manager and say, hey, I just want to let you know there's a problem here. As a guy that used to cook, if and I had cooks that were cooking for me, you know, so I didn't make everything, but if like one of my prep cooks like dumped a gallon of you know or a pound of salt into the soup and it was like salty as heck and it was like making people sick, I would want to know that. I would there's want to a know diff- that. There's a, a difference. This guy didn't have a physical <laughs> ill thing from hearing that music. It didn't make him. He may know, have. He, yeah, may, he may have, have actually. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard any of my music? <laughs> How's that affect I've heard people? all of your music. <laughs> all right, I don't know how we got here, and we apologize to everyone. No, it's old school versus new school, and I'm saying, is it? Oh, okay. Is it something about? Is it something about? technology that has increased people's ability to think that that's well, okay. oh yeah you know what there, there is there is that sort of like hiding behind the computer screen mentality but i i feel like you know i personally wouldn't say anything to anybody online that i can't say to them in in person to person right and there are some people that maybe not see that i uh, just think that the particular example that you brought up is not necessarily a good example because that is something i would say to paul's face like hey paul right and, and i don't have a problem sucks. with that I yeah. don't have a problem with that. Like I yeah. said, the guy could have PM'd him. The guy could have emailed him. All of that information is on Paul's YouTube channel. You can click to his website, all of that. So, I mean, I don't buy the fact that he didn't know how, right? But that's how you do that. You don't say it in public like that to try and to win other people over to think like you, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm 50. That's how I see it. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it. If you're going to say something constructively in a, in a constructive criticism manner, tell it to the person in private. EM, PM them, email them, or if you know who they are, knock on the door one time. Hey, let's have a beer, bud. I want to tell you something about your videos that's kind of been bugging me. That I can, I can handle anytime. But this open, public, anonymous, you think you're, you know, just make one video. Just make one video as good as Paul Jackman, and then you can criticize how he puts music in it. And it did, you know what I'm saying? And still, you're just being a jerk. You're spouting off. I and I know. never do I that. I don't know what happened to you at work today, but uh, yeah, I had the day yeah. off. <laughs> oh, that's what happened. Spent too much time on the internet. Yeah, maybe so. Okay, moving right along. Um, what are we doing now? Are we just doing our channels? Oh no, what are we watching? Uh, yeah. Bill, what are you watching? Okay, so here I want to I want to I want to come across. Now I watched this horrible video on YouTube, and let me tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to come jerk. across now as the exact opposite of what I, I was just portraying myself as, and I want everybody to imagine a nice, quiet, calm place and think about the most zen thing you can, almost in a meditative state of mind. This guy, Chris. Salomon, I, I hope is how his name is pronounced. Solomon. The, Solomon. Solomon. Sol- Solomon. Okay. Um, I saw this on my feed, and I, when I, as soon as you start watching this particular video, he made a trapezoidal shape, uh, mid-century modern style credenza, right? Mm. And it looks, I, I love that style of furniture anyway. But this guy, he's, I'm, I'm guessing in way early 20s, uh, there was a small snippet with his kid and his wife. So he's a young dad. He's a young husband. Um, it was so soothing to watch this movie. And then he starts talking about all these angles and the degrees and things. I mean, he's showing you calculus, but you feel like you're hearing arithmetic. It's that good. He does that good of a job explaining. I'm not kidding. It was so. I've seen it. It's four eyes. Everybody watches this yeah. guy. It's, it's awesome. Great well, I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know, man. And I, I mean, the music, everything about this thing just made me, I wanted to go out and like hug somebody. Yeah, he's, I mean, he it's makes just great like, videos. He's yeah. fantastic, yeah. You know, the wow. music, though. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> We're kidding. <laughs> this this guy, man, I can't wait to explore his channel more. Um, 
just I felt so confident I could just by watching that video and taking a few notes I can build what he did with all those crazy angles. I mean, he was cutting shelves at 15 degree angled uh, um, miters and stuff, dados. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just just awesome the way he. It just made so much sense. I don't know how it did because I would have looked at something like that and it'd have been a year and a half of me playing with a tape measure to try and figure it out. So excellent, excellent channel. He's not a little guy. He's over 60,000, but, um, young guy, great channel. That's what I'm watching. Try old dog looking at the new tricks. That's right. I said it. Woof, woof. Tim? Bow, wow. Um, yo. Okay, I had a I had a, a couple things I wanted to mention. One was that I, I introduced Vance to <laughs> Bob Ross and the Joy of Painting. We watched because uh, <laughs> it's on Netflix now. Yeah, and, that's uh, awesome. And it was so enjoyable to watch that with him and to remember watching it when I was a teenager. You know, when I used to watch it, and it was like so enjoyable to watch it with adult eyes. Uh, to see like how much that guy actually affected me, I didn't realize it. Like how much I'm like yeah. him now. You know, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, like, he's the same. You know, he's like, well, we got to take care of all our pretty little creatures on our planet and, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was going to ask you, was that really your dad? (laughs) No, but but uh, so that was that was enjoyable. So I wanted to mention that Bob Ross Joy of Painting is on Netflix and it is as good as you remember, if not. That's what this guy, Chris Solomon, reminds me of. Seriously, the the kind of because I I love Bob Ross. It's mesmerizing. You just watch it. You get this feeling of confidence that you can do what he's doing. And yeah, what a wonderful teacher. It's so welcoming to the world of of creating, not like overwhelming, like, oh, my God, I could never do that. It's like you can do that. Come, come it's with easy. me. You know? Come on yeah. my happy cloud, and we'll both yeah. float along where the little birdies in the trees live. Yeah, but that's not my that's not my uh, my recommendation. Uh, then there was another thing I wanted to say really quick is um, uh, f- documentary now. Have you heard of that, Phil? I thought that might be it's um, Fred Armisen no. and some other comedians. But there's this they they do these fake documentaries. And okay. it's it's hilarious, and they do them in the style like it's like this fifty this supposedly this long running series of documentaries on like a PBS style thing, and they go back into the archives and they pull footage out from this nineteen eighty five documentary about, and it's like twenty minutes long, and it's just ridiculously funny, and you know just that sort of like you know best in show Spinal Tap type humor, yeah, yeah. Ones, but you know so that was great. But I wanted to actually do a YouTube video that now over the weekend I got to go to the woodworking show in Springfield. Uh, Vance and I went, we saw Izzy, we saw Paul Jackman. Oh, we cool. haven't talked about him much lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a bunch of other people we got to say hi to. Um, so it was great seeing everybody there. Keith, you know, who we were talking about earlier. Um, and uh, my friend Brian Bales, uh, who I've, I had met at the, we all met at the Making It 100 in Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was there with his wife. And um, I, I, I apologize, Brian, but because I, I asked him, he had just recently made the snare drum. Uh, that he makes a lot of drums, which obviously is interesting to me as a as a musician. And he he covered it in aluminum with rivets on it and whatnot, and made it kind of like an old aircraft part or something, which looks cool. a lot like my bass that I have that actually is a 1930s aluminum bass. And so I was like really enamored with it. And then I was like, "Hey, is your video up yet?" He's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't see it because I'm not so subscribed." So I'm sorry, I'm subscribed now. I was I was binging and watching a bunch of his videos, and he's got some great stuff on that channel. Um, so that's Brian Bales. Uh, the links in our description at the Reclaimed Audio Podcast dot com website, and uh, he if it's not just all drums, he makes all these like bandsaw boxes. He made this really cool Lego table with like hidden compartments and oh cool, um, really cool stuff, really cool stuff. And so and he does this uh, the dual dual Brian's thing where they talk to each other. He does it really well. Um, it's funny. He's kind of joking around, you know. So they're they're very well put together videos, and uh, cool. he sh- he should have way more subscribers than he has. Awesome. Well, so you can count on me. And likewise, yeah. Just you know, tell them what you think of the music. You might not like it. <laughs> a lot of metal in there, like hard rock and stuff. So. Just keep pushing that button, pal. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my reco this week is uh, is called A Dad and His Kids, who um, I got introduced. I think he's in the group, if, uh, in the Facebook group that we're all a member of. And... Um, and he also follows me on Instagram. I know you're trying to me. You're absolutely right. I'm not supposed to do that. Um, let's see here. So it's called Rigid Bandsaw Rebuild and Upgrade. So I just saw this sort of in my feed and I'm like, yes, I have this same bandsaw and I do need to make some of these upgrades to it. So it was, uh, it was his first making video and it's pretty decent and I learned a lot of really great things about it. And I know a lot of us have this specific rigid bandsaw, but truth be told, 
Um, it's just the Chinese knockoff 14-inch bandsaw that's just branded by everybody, and everybody has it. Um, when I couldn't find parts for my rigid, I just looked up. Uh, there's a company in Montreal called King Canada, and they supply like all of Canada with, uh, you know, with with tools and industrial tools. And it, it was the same. It was the same bandsaw, so I was just able to get parts for it. So it worked out really well. They're all interchangeable. So even if you have a different brand, I think even the Delta knockoff version. This bandsaw, so it, it was worth vi- worthwhile video yeah, regardless. They're almost all made in the same factory. There's like two factories. There's the factory that makes the really really good ones, and there's the factory that makes the mediocre ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I think it's in Taiwan, but anyway. So, uh, like really decent first video. So I recommend you check it out and subscribe. He's got at the time of this, he's got 29. So I'd love to see it at over 100. You know, once uh, everybody gets a, a listen. So check it out. And that's all, all right. I got. What were you hey, hey, let me do real quick. I'll run through yeah, in like 10 thing. seconds. Um, Jessie Uetta just did, uh, I think it's her fifth video on her own channel, I Jessup, and I learned something. She made a simple crafting table with just three tools, which was really cool in itself, but I have, I actually had a crafting table not many years ago, and it has these slots in it, and I had no idea what they're for. Watch her video. It's, so, it's for scissors, so you can actually cut fabric. And the scissors right along these slots. It's really cool. I had oh, no cool. idea that was. Uh, yeah. So Jesse Uetta, I Jessup, that's the name of her channel. Um, our buddy Bob reached 1 million subscribers. Mr. Claggett, sir, I feel that you are an amazing individual and we love you. Congrats. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, wait, that, you know what? That deserves a trumpet. Let's give that. Yeah, big one. <laughs> I like give him the it. horn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys were talking about that guy, Paul, and there's that other guy, Pat. They did a collab video with the Pepper Mill. Watch it. That was so funny. Love that. And then uh, last but not least, Luis, I just love you. Thank you for the care package. John, thank you for checking us on our uh, webpage and getting us updated. And Nick, you know what you did. We love you too, buddy. And that's it. I'm done. Thank you so much for allowing me the space, Phil. And uh, I didn't have to put any music in with that. So I didn't have to get upset. I would have liked it better with music. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out MakerTechReviews.com, uh, WilliamLutz.com for all things Bill, TimSway.net for all things Tim. Contact us for show topics, uh, suggestions, feedback, whatever you like, good and bad. We we want to hear it all. Uh, <laughs> at Reclaimed Audio on Twitter, please. <laughs> info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com if it's going to be a little bit longer. On iTunes, please leave us a review. It really helps in getting us ranked higher so that more people hear about the show. And Patreon, patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio, or you can hit the Patreon link on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. It is, uh, for anyone who's new and hasn't heard this before, Patreon is a way to um, financially you know, kick a couple of bucks on a recurring basis to um, to basically any content creator that, that is signed up to it. And we happen to be. So uh, check out that website. And um, and if you can, we'd love your support. That's all I got. Anybody else? Oh, that was great. No. All right. No, th- have a great th- week, guys. Th- yes. Bye, Thank everybody. You. Be good.